Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? And Damian Lillard, I mean, I, you know, I like, try to put myself in his shoes emotionally. Um, and occasionally physically, I've got a couple of pairs of the, uh, the Adidas in the garage, mm-hmm. but I like, how would it feel if you were this person who was so loyal to the city and to this franchise and to this fan base and the owner who drafted you is dead. You know yeah. what I mean? He died. His sister is now in control as well as this bird getting ready to guy. sell and-, and getting ready in this weird, like getting ready to sell, but kind of like not selling at the same time holding out to try to get even though there are like offers that like i think yeah. at least been reported phil knight and other like people who would be cool trying to buy the team and like so it's this really weird ownership situation uh he actually has a good relationship with joe cronin like joe cronin has been with mm-hmm. the team for a long time and i know the two of them even still are like on you know have a good relationship with one another even through this trade request like um you know, but you've been loyal to the city, this franchise, and then all of a sudden they have this huge asset and they spend it on a dude who plays your exact position. Yeah. And that's got to feel like a real knife between the ribs. You know what I mean? It was like the it, Aaron Rodgers thing in Green Bay, right? They drafted Jordan Love yeah. instead of drafting him a wide receiver. And he was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. What are you all doing? Right. Like, it it hurt. It hurt. Like, but they also didn't really have a choice. Exactly. <laughs> they didn't. Like, they did. everybody has done the right thing with the opportunity that was in front of them. So like even to maybe except for Aaron Goodwin, but like even to Daniel requesting a trade like that is, and saying he wants to go to the Miami heat. I mean, for God's sake, I am less of a fan of the, like I am a fan of like Damian Lillard and I hope he gets what he wants. I am a little bit less of a fan of like the player empowerment stuff in general, because I do, especially as a lifelong fan of like a small market team, like, I, I don't know. I don't, I have like my, you know, J- James Corden is my former Boston friend and mm-hmm. he's a West Ham United fan. And yeah. I worked with a few other West Ham United fans. You know, they're a premier league soccer team who are middle of the table, sometimes lower end of the table, sometimes, you know, uh, high, never the very top, but sometimes towards the top of the table. Very Blazersy. Very Blazersy. They're actually a very Blazersy team. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but, but like, Premier League teams, and I think soccer teams in general, like all end up becoming farm teams for the really, really suit like big teams, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and that yeah. is kind of, and then maybe once half a century, they go on some magical Leicester City run and win the league, you know, or something like that. Maybe if they're lucky. Yeah. 
maybe half a century one team does that you know like and i don't want us to become that because you know like i enjoy i enjoy watching the games i like i like if this blazers team beats the lakers a couple times next year i will be talking shit and ecstatic and like over the moon and just like on cloud nine you know what i mean the way you guys probably feel when you win the championship you know i not a feeling i'm familiar with but like I, i it will feel amazing but like you know, I don't want to like look at our young players and be like, "Ooh, I wonder what you know." I wonder what we'll be able to get for Scoot once yeah. he gets really good. You know, like I don't. So like yeah. the player empowerment thing, like I I like a little bit less. But that's a long divergence from saying everybody in this situation has done the right thing. Yeah, I, the the player empowerment thing. We we we'd be here for another hour or so, so yeah. we, we don't have to go too far down that path. But the player empowerment thing, the thing that has driven me really kind of insane, especially specifically with like James Harden, right? Yeah. I understand it with Dame that like, there is a sense that you do right by the guy who has done as much for the city as, as Dame has done for Portland. I yeah. get that. But like this notion, <clears throat> I had somebody tell me in my mentions the other day that like Philly owes it to Harden to send him to Clippers. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's so insane. In what world? Like, yeah, also, he could have been a free agent. Exactly. <laughs> so I think he if he really wanted out, to be there. Taking the veteran yeah. minimum. And if he really wanted to be a Clipper, he could have gone and done that. It's this yeah. like, I think, I mean, this has always been the story. From the first million dollar contract, people have been fretting about like, is this going to turn fans off? Is this going to turn fans off? The fact that the players are making so much money. Is this the end yeah. of baseball? Magic was the first one. Yeah, right. Exactly. $25 million deal. 25 million, like a million dollars a year. Who does he think he is? Can you you believe it? Yeah. um, But like, I do worry a little bit, like, and maybe, maybe the NBA 2Kification of like, and like, God knows I've played that game and have since I was like a youth, but like the idea of like us being, like you said, addicted to transactions and like, and moving players back and forth all willy nilly. Like, but I do think there is something you know, really special, at least speaking as a Blazer fan, like when I was growing up having those like Clyde Drexler, Terry Porter teams, there was something really special about like watching those guys on that team for a long time. And there's been something equally special about watching Damian Lillard through, you know, like thick and thin. And there's been thick, you know, like there really has been like, I personally watched him, you know, hit the shot over Chandler Parsons in Houston and on TV, over watching Paul George and over Paul yeah. George, like there have been some really beautiful moments with that player. And I think as like a sports fan, you have like, well, there's a, no, I mean, who knows why people like it, but there, for me, there's like a couple things. I think there's like two roads. You can, you can really enjoy the championships and enjoy like watching that and get really attached to that kind of thing. And maybe mm-hmm. if you're a fan of like teams like the Lakers or like the Celtics or, you know, I guess the heat, even to an extent, like where mm-hmm. that is a, a, their identity, that's their identity. And that's like a consistent apple, like, and it's attainable or, you know, there's these teams like your fans of like a, maybe a smaller market team. And like, you got to live for those moments, you know, and you have to live yeah. for like attaching yourself to these players and becoming emotionally involved and becoming like a little bit unreasonable. And like, this is for sure the relationship because with Portland has with Damian Lillard, Partially because he has been one of the, not few, but like a handful of players who has reflected that back and then some who has Mm -hmm. been about loyalty and who has said, I'm not going anywhere. And like, 
you know, like that's another really special thing. And I worry that like, again, Damian Lillard is a player who is by all means, like I think earned the right to say, Hey, this is not the situation that we talked about when yeah. I signed that contract. And this is, this is, this does not reflect the reality I thought I was going to be. And I'd like to go elsewhere. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, I think he's kind of earned that. But if we have that too much, you know, players, like if he would have done this, like so many people were saying like Dame should have done this three years ago. Dame should have done this four years ago. Dame's really, he really blew a shot. He should have left earlier. And it's like, man, yeah. tell that to like, you know, the the millions of Blazers fans who've watched Dame or Basketball at least hundreds, over the last hundreds three of years. thousands who've gotten to watch this dude do this yeah. for our team. Who have, I have gotten to sit on my couch and introduce my wife who was not a Blazers fan before to like Damian Lillard. And that guy is on our team. She's from Chicago. Yeah. So the Bulls are kind of her team too. But like, I've been like, watch this guy's on our team and we get to root for this dude who just hit that three point shot from 37 feet. Like he was tossing a banana peel in the garbage and he's going to yeah. do it four more times this game. And like, that's amazing too. And that I think is another thing that maybe gets lost in this, you know, to some the of the fan people, experience, the fan experience is like, yeah, it's fun to root for this guy and to circle all the way back to something you were saying earlier. If Lillard does end up coming back to Portland and if that's something that ends up happening, I'm not, I'm not holding my breath and I don't even know if it would be best for our long-term prospects as the team, but I'm going to be rooting for him. I didn't burn yeah. my jerseys. I don't know a single trailblazer fan who did, you know, mm. like it's, we will be happy I think for the most part, I'm sure there's, you know, some fringe people who are like, get this bum out of here. But like, I think we'll be happy to keep supporting that dude um, and rooting for him because for, you know, smaller market fan bases, that is our, like, eventually either you become so frustrated that you stop following the sports or you learn to live for those moments. Yeah. You know, I'm a Vikings and, fan. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so like when, when, when we had the, the hail Mary <laughs> that, uh, we had over the Saints. Now, unfortunately, my wife's a Saints fan, so I didn't get to enjoy it as much as I maybe would have wanted to. That's rough. Um, but it was, That's rough. it was a quiet couple nights. I'm sitting there, like, listening to Celine. Remember back then we were putting, like, everything, every sports moment was being put to Celine Dion? Yeah. So, like, <laughs> so I'm, like, I'm, like, listening on my headphones, like, hoping she doesn't hear me listening to Celine Dion on repeat. Oh, that's so funny. Um, Did you, was that a purple and gold-based decision for you? It, it, we, yeah, I was young enough that it was, it yeah, was, yeah, uh, yeah. I was, you know, when I was super young, my dad to this day says it was like the funniest day of his life because he knew that like the Vikings were just never going to win anything. Um, but yeah, I was, I, I, I was really into them because of the colors when I was a kid. And then when I really started getting into sports, that was the year that they had like the Dante Culper, Ran yeah. Culpepper, Randy Moss, like Ooh. Robert Smith team. It was such a such a really fun group. That team on um, Madden, dude, just like oh. send him on a, like a just a just a straight down the field and like he became a burb. 
Yeah. He's a verb. Like, you got mossed. You got mossed. <laughs> you know? it, yeah. it was one of those things where it's like, like, okay, oh, sure, that works on Madden, but what in re- what about in real life? And it's like, no, he does that no. in real life. Yeah. <laughs> it looks cooler in real life, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like to, to your point about like living for moments, he's like, I, yeah, I, I've never even seen the Vikings in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And, and I really think it makes me better at covering the Lakers because I can relate to the idea that like we aren't owed championships we aren't owed those those like the the pinnacle we aren't owed that yeah and um yeah like as you know listening to you talk about like loving moments as as a blazers fan it was was really cool but um we i, I do want to spend some time and in and segue awkwardly to what uh sag after is going through really quick and oh yeah and, talk, and, the, yeah, and the wga as well yeah i want to you know i've i've been a part of now we didn't wind up having to strike, but we did agree to strike, uh, as part of our negotiations with Fox. So, you know, I haven't quite been in your, in your predicament, but can definitely relate to the idea of, you know, kind of ghouls at the top of the, uh, of the industry, not considering labor important yeah. at all. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to, to just kind of get out of your way and, and let you bring attention to what's going on here. Well, with, I mean, so just in case people are like completely naked to it, the Writers Guild of America and the Screen Actors Guild and whatever AFTRA stands for, I'm a member of it. I should know better. It's, it's <laughs> a- actors for theater, film theater, actor, uh, film theater. The R is uh, really good at acting. RA, really good at acting. Yeah. Actors, film theater, mm-hmm. really good at acting. Uh, we're on strike right now uh, because our contracts uh, came up with the producers, the AMPT, whatever it is. And um, basically we have become, it has become a less. So one of the ways that traditionally television writers, actors, uh, a lot of those people have been able to make a decent living. And I get, listen, like I, I I realize with like good stuff. stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And and very good. And like the stuff we all throw on when we get home at the end of the day, Um, we like, and it's, so first I should also say like when you say actors and when you say writers, like it's so easy to like look up these variety articles about like, oh, so-and-so got paid $30 million for a movie or mm-hmm. the cast of X show was making a million dollars per episode in season eight of whatever, or this writer right. got paid this much on the back end of this Marvel movie. Although Marvel's a terrible example of like whatever movie, you know, like it's easy to look at these people at the very top of the industry and yeah. say, those people are millionaires. Even I, like I was the, you know, head writer of the Late Late Show for the last four years. And I've been writing, you know, on the show for the the entire eight years before it went off the air. And I've been, even I've been very lucky. But like the, the regular working writer and working actor is somebody who is very much in the middle class and many of them in lower, in the lower middle class. And especially, especially in L.A., especially in LA, which is a very expensive city and the city we have to live in to work. And especially lately uh, as things have changed, because one of the ways that we were able to make a living is through residuals, which Mm -hmm. is a show would air, which we got through striking previously. It's when a show would air, uh, you would get paid, you know, for the job itself, right? If I got paid to write an episode of Frasier, I got paid that money and then it aired. And then every time it re-aired, and the network was able to sell more commercials and make more money off of it. I got a tiny bit of that money. 
And that added mm -hmm. up, you know, and if it got sold so they could show it in China or the UK or Australia, and they made a bunch more money on that, I got my share of that money as well. And those were the checks that would sustain you between projects. Mm -hmm. And as television has made the jump from uh, network and cable to streaming, where uh, repeats of things and rights are not really calculated the same way they used to be. You could watch yeah. the same office or the same episode of The Office or even a new show like Abbott Elementary 60 times on a streamer. Mm -hmm. And that writer will not get paid any more money because it's not considered a repeat. It's just considered somebody watching that show again. And yeah. the streamers are throwing up their hands and they're saying, we don't know how to accurately calculate how many times something gets watched, blah, 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 blah. Uh, we can't we can't afford any more money. Basically, they're not even coming to the bargaining table anymore. And so in addition to us not making residuals anymore, there's also much shorter orders for television shows. TV shows used to be sometimes, you know, 15, 20, 22 episodes. Now they're yeah. like four, five, six, eight episodes. I mean, how many episodes was The Bear? Like seven, eight I was eight just going to bring up The Bear. Yeah, it was, it was know, like eight. Eight episodes, a massive cultural talking point, like a huge thing that like everyone was talking about. Even Succession, these are like short show orders, you know. Um, Gemstones like, just ended the other night, and I was like, wait, did that just end? Yeah, everything's <laughs> like, exactly. They're all miniseries <laughs> now. And so, like, that's less time in the writer's room, you know, so you're making less money on that contract. Oftentimes, the networks are also doing this thing where they're convening, like, mini rooms where they'll bring people in to, like, break story and then fire everybody and then bring – and then just let the showrunner – write all these episodes, mm -hmm. uh, you know what I mean? And so they like get paid the bulk of the money, but they're doing so much work that yeah. the quality of a lot of the shows is going down. And then also these people, these showrunners who aren't making money commiserate to the work they're doing are also like working themselves to the bone. So basically the entire game is fucked up. It used yeah. to work. And what has happened is like Wall Street has crept into the entertainment industry in a way that has become unsustainable where all of these studios uh are turning a profit and even some of these streamers are turning a profit even though they have leveraged themselves yeah. you know to fucking like get out they did that to themselves to try to again continuously show growth because it's not enough to just be a profitable business you always have to show growth and there is yeah. a wall because there is a finite amount of people on this earth and a finite amount of time they can spend watching TV. So they're crying poverty and saying they don't have enough money to pay the people who are actually doing the job, who are creating the only product that these people sell. And they're saying, we can't pay you enough money that you can make a reasonable living. There are people who work, it would disgust you. There are people who work on successful TV shows who are on food stamps. Not that there's anything yeah. wrong with being on food stamps. If you're struggling, if you're in between jobs, that's oh, yeah. fine. But these are people like at the top of their craft or near the top of their craft who are like struggling monetarily because the system is so fucked and it's so built to punish the people doing the actual labor and only reward the people who had enough money to get in on an investor level in the first place. It's just like yet another example of like the people who do the work getting screwed and the and the people who make money like sitting back and counting more and more money and all they care, they don't care about the people doing the work. All they care about is having a little bit more money than their next richest friend. Well, like it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's also, I would add on top of that, it's not that they don't just not care about the people doing the work. It's that they don't even necessarily care about the work itself. Like, yes. 
like the caliber of the work, the caliber of these shows, like I, I love the bear. I love righteous gemstones. I love succession. Right. Yes. I wanted more of that. Like the, yeah. the, the, why, why we could have had, I, I, we could have had, you know, in, in, when I was growing up, that would have been a 15 show run. Like each season, each season would have been 15 episodes. And, you know, because we've decided and like, some of it is like storytelling wise, they've decided to trim more fat and, and they've really tried to like streamline some of the stories that they're telling. But also, sure. like, I want to just spend more time with those characters and the decision to not spend time with those characters. A lot of time comes down to these Wall Street people who the creative aspect of it, they have no idea about, have no interest in learning about it and, and have thus like just decided now we're going to make those shows shorter now. Like we're yeah. just going to make those shorter and cheaper now. And they bought, and they wanted, they like, I forget, it was like last year or two years ago, they put like, there was 600 different dramas on that you could watch. You know what I mean? 600 different like new shows that they bought. And that's again, just them, like on one level, that's like, money I guess it, it feels like money laundering. It really does feel like money laundering. <laughs> on one level, it's good for the industry because like a lot of different writers got yeah. to work for a little bit of time, but none of them in a sustainable way. None of them in a way that was like, okay, you work on this show and now you can actually, hey, maybe start paying down your student loans. Maybe you can actually like, right. you know, put a little money in the bank or God forbid, buy a house, you know, like, uh, and that's because again, they had to show infinite growth and it yeah. wasn't putting, it wasn't putting money into sustainable things. It was in, it was into parent, it was like. To pick or developing hat. those sustainable things. Right, yeah. exactly. It was them. I'm picking on just, I'm just pulling this name out of a hat. They're not any better or worse than others. They might even be better. But like Paramount Plus, it was about them saying like, look at these 15 new shows we have, you know, and like yeah. hopefully each one of these. The other thing they do is they've got everything down. Speaking to your uh, wanting to spend more time with one show than another, they've done studies that show that after two seasons, a show will not bring any new subscribers into a network, into a streamer. Mm. So that's so why like, you're having shows end at like four seasons. <laughs> exactly right. And why? Yeah. so what Netflix does with contracts sometimes, or what these streamers, let me protect myself legally and libelly. Uh, yeah. What some of these streamers will do with contracts is they will sign somebody up to a four-year deal, right? They'll sign somebody like, you're, you're, you just wrote a hit show for ABC. We want you in on our team. Uh, you know, you were a writer on Abbott Elementary, come do a development deal with X, Streamer X, and you mm -hmm. come in there and four-year contract. Year one, it's a little less money, right? But if it goes to a second season, you get a little bit more money. And then if it goes mm -hmm. to a third season, you get this million-dollar bonus, you know? And if it goes to a season four, you get this $5 million bonus. And you hear that as a writer, and you start getting these, like, dollar signs in your eyes, but let's take away dollar cents. You start getting like, oh, I can pay off my student loans if this goes three seasons. I can buy a yeah. house if this goes three seasons. You know what I mean? I can like send a little money to my mom if this goes three seasons. I can I can be a functioning member of the American dream in the way that I was raised to believe was possible if this goes yeah. three seasons. The entire time the network is like, unless this is Stranger Things, there's not a chance in hell this is going to three seasons. Yeah. So they like sign people up for these contracts. So if like you're a fan of a show... And you're like, why did, you know, for example, Netflix cancel this after two seasons? That's why. Because they're just <laughs> trying to bilk people. They don't give a, it used to be a time, and I'm ranting so much. And thank you for giving me no, this. No, I, I, I enjoy it. This stuff, this is the stuff that, that like, it's really, it's really applicable to my industry. It yeah. really is because, you know, uh, I, I came up 
uh, Locked On Lakers started. It was one of like twelve shows. Right. And uh, Locked On Lakers was doing really well. And obviously, I don't blame anybody. I don't blame David for saying like, wow, we have this really good idea here. It could be applicable across all the sports. We're going to continue to grow it across all the sports. Yeah. And, you know, um, over over the time that it was expanding, though, you had at any time I could reach out and be like, hey, uh, this is this thing that we could use. that would actually really help the show. Is there we would all kind of work together as this really kind of small knit team close knit team. And then over its expansion, it just became like, I had to talk to 43 different executives, Yeah, you know, to, exactly. to it, who were all making like, you know, I remember, you know, forever, it was just like, yeah, in order to, um, in order to make, you know, make like decent money and support Jen while she was in, in uh, grad school, locked on Lakers had to just kill it. Absolutely kill it. And it yeah. was, it was doing, it was doing really well, but then we kept on hiring like, the CFO and the COO and we're, we're hiring these like full-time executives. And I'm like, you know, it'd be nice to work full-time. That'd be kind of cool. Like I'm yeah. supporting the growth here. Like, can we, can we, and that, that expansion is just like that, that like top down building that, that I, I, I encountered there. I, I, I listened to what, you know, my writer friends and, you know, it's a weird crossover between, Stand up and sports coverage. It's, a, yeah. it's one of my. It's a, one of the funniest, funnier things in in this industry. And I listen to people talk about it. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds really, really, really familiar. Absolutely. If you want to be one of those people who thinks we're communists because we think that the people creating the content should share in the profit based on the content, like, I mean, I guess yeah. God bless and and good luck with that philosophy in life. But like. If you look at some of the best things that have ever been created, whether that is sports writing or sports podcasting or television shows or co or companies, tech companies, whatever it is, whatever it is that blows your dress up, when the people helping to make that thing can feel some sense of ownership and responsibility in that product, and they are going to work harder if they feel cared about and taken care of, and they're going to make better things if they yeah. if they feel that sense of ownership and if you feel like you're a cog in some gigantic machine like you're not you're just not going to make stuff that's good yeah you know or at least as good like it's and that is not asking for too much there used to be a time in our industry when like the executives at the top of the chain were don't get me wrong fucking executives and a lot of them had other problems out the wazoo that had nothing to do with their talent as executives and they were just bad people but like uh, but they cared about television yeah. and they cared about movies and they like had big opinions and they watched it and like they opened mm -hmm. variety in the morning instead of the wall street journal. And then they opened the wall yeah. street journal, but like, you know, like, and that's a good thing to have. It's a yeah. good thing to have people at the top <laughs> who actually care yeah. about the thing you're making and don't see it as just another, you know, like they don't want to like a cow that can it, be milked, you know, a cow yeah. that can be milked. The, the entertainment industry should not be a server farm minting. You know what I mean? Like currency. Yeah. yeah no yeah. industry really should be. Yeah. It's, you know, I I've been obviously really pulling for, for the actors and writers. I actually find this whole situation hugely unique because writers and actors are striking at the exact same time. Um, and that's, before, I think, yeah, uh, it's, and I, I can tell that it's a super unique opportunity because a lot of the publications that a lot of these executives have ownership over are really framing things in a, in a pretty volatile way. And I'm like, 
Oh, they they're feeling the pressure. Like if yeah. I saw a headline the other day, it was like local businesses closing because of striking from there. And I'm like, oh, they're actually nervous. They're, yeah. they're sweating a little bit here. And 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 I'm really rooting that that this opportunity gets taken advantage well, of. If you apply any critical thinking to that, you're like a sandwich shop closed because they're striking, which means these people can't <laughs> afford a sandwich anymore. Yeah. Like these writers and actors can't afford to buy sandwiches, then things right. must be pretty dire. If they've been on strike yeah. for the, the the actors for less than a month and the writers for about, you know, three months and some change now, like if that's all it took for them to not be able to afford uh, a bowl of, you know, pho, an ice yeah. cream cone, then they must be in pretty dire straits and they should probably get a contract that better protects their ability to be functioning members of a, of a society. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I yeah. <clears throat> com completely agree um, again, really rooting for for everything going on there. Also want to before we get out of here, plug your stand up uh, comedy that, that you yeah. were touring uh, doing with. Uh, you can see his at there at the bottom at Ian Carmel, which is where you can find uh, tour dates. If you follow the link tree there, um, you coming out to Austin anytime soon. I am coming out to Austin. I'm Hell yeah. Austin All right. Monica. I'll be there. Uh. Uh, December 8th and 9th at the Vulcan Gas Company. I hope to see you Perfect. there if you're in town. I, there's no yeah, Laker game. Maybe one of those nights. Um, so I'll be there uh, in December. I'll be in Vancouver, BC at the end of November, November 30th through December 1st or 2nd. Uh, Portland, like in, on August 15th, doing a big charity show for a children's theater. Me, Kyle Kinane, Sean Jordan, some other people. Shane Brendan, uh, Imani. And yeah, lots of dates in the future. I'll be in Fort Worth. I'll be doing a lot of stand-up in the future. So, uh, you know, at least as long as we're on strike. So come out yeah. and see that while you can. I will. I will. When you're in Fort Worth is also kind of sort of close, but definitely Austin in, in December. I'm looking yeah, forward come to, to Austin. That. It'll be the same act in Fort Worth, I imagine. Maybe a few new things. All right. Well, well, thank you very much, Ian, for hopping on. It's always a blast. I am not going to wait three different uh, shows in the future to talk to you again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me on, give me on on the next iteration. It, eventually, <laughs> it'll be a new show every episode, and then I'll just come. I'll yeah, come I'll just, all the time. I just have like every all kinds of alliteration having to do with L's. So Lakers Lounge, Lakers. I don't know Lab. I don't know we'll Lakers see. Lab. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk to you soon, Ian. Thank you very, thank you very much for hopping on.